Hey everyone, welcome to our podcast, Local Leaders. My name is Daniel Napumaseno, and I am a tech co-director here at Stando San Fernando. If you don't know who we are, we are a youth activist organization based in the San Fernando Valley, dedicated to informing people in the Valley about a wide variety of issues and problems around the world, and hope to inspire people to take action. In our Local Leaders podcast, we interview, well, everyday local leaders within our community who have made significant contributions, both big and small, to benefit everybody. In this episode, we interview District 3 LAUSD board member, Mr. Smellison. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Stand Up San Fernando's local podcast, a podcast called Local Leaders. This is our very first episode with our very first guest, Mr. Schmerlson. But um, before we head into that, I'm going to introduce myself. My name is Marisol Lopez, and I am one of the executive directors of uh, Stand Up San Fernando, and I'll pass it off to Aisha now. I am Aisha Nicole, and I'm the other executive director of Stand Up San Fernando, and now to Raha. Um, hi, I'm Raha, and I'm a sophomore, and I'm the tech co-director for Stand Up San Fernando. Wonderful. And I'm Scott Schmerlson, and I am your board member for Board District 3 of the LAUSD Los Angeles Unified School District in the San Fernando Valley. And I really appreciate uh, being on this program and being the first guest on the program. So that's an honor. It's an honor for me. And I, and I thank you very much. So if you don't mind my talking about myself a little bit, um, I guess I would call myself a lifelong educator. I knew I wanted to be a teacher uh, right away. Some kids want to be a fireman or a, a, a police person or a whatever. I always wanted to be a teacher. And in, I, came, I come from Philadelphia. I grew up in Philadelphia. And I belong to the FTA, which is called the Future Teachers of America. I don't know if that even exists anymore in high schools, but I belong to the FTA. And not only did I want to be a teacher, I wanted to be a teacher of Spanish because uh, believe it or not, believe it or not, ninth grade was the first time I learned Spanish and I liked it so much and I continued with it and I went to college and majored in it. It was just a fantastic thing. And my greatest joy was teaching Spanish to students because I just thought it was such an important language for uh, people to learn as a second language. And you know, in Philadelphia, there aren't that many Spanish speakers. So it was kind of hard to make people see the importance of, of learning a second language, including be it Spanish. But here in California, it's a must. I'm telling you, it's a must. Learning Spanish and knowing Spanish is so important for our people today in, in, in business, in, in, in neighborhood reactions and everything. I mean, uh, it, it's the second language of the United States and I'm just so happy that I picked Spanish and not German, <laughs> but I love Spanish. So thank you, Marisol, thank you very much. So you mentioned that you're a teacher. So our first question is, what was your favorite part about teaching? You know, um, that's, a, that's a good question. Um, uh, I tried to make uh, my teaching of Spanish as interesting as possible because I know that, you know, kids get bored kind of quickly with things. And uh, my goal as being a Spanish teacher was to make it as relevant and as important and as fun 
as possible. So I remember when I was teaching my classes in, in Spanish, we would incorporate music and we would play these Spanish songs. And, you know, in those days there were no computers. So I would type out with a typewriter, the lyrics to these Spanish songs and play it on a record, a 33, and the kids would follow along and they would sing. And it was really good for improving their accent and from hearing um, music from all parts of uh, the Spanish speaking world. Oh my goodness, we had uh, music from Cuba, like the cha-cha-cha, the salsa, all that stuff. We had Argentina, we had music from all over the world. So kids loved it. They loved that part of the lesson where we were going to do a song. So um, my favorite part was uh, making the curriculum relevant and not just a learning exercise, but making it really relevant. All right, thank you. Our next question is, when and how did you make the decision to run for the LAUSD board? Okay, that's a good question. So I started the teaching in Philadelphia for five years, a Spanish teacher, and I got really tired of the ice and snow, not of the kids, but of the ice and the snow. So I said, I'm going to give myself a try in California, sunny California. And I applied for my uh, credential and Pennsylvania and California had reciprocal programs so that I could transfer over to California without having to take a million things again. So I did, and I got to California, and I just loved it here. I just loved it here. So I taught at Virgil Middle School, which is downtown, first in Vermont. I was there for 12 years. I was a teacher and a counselor and administrator. And then I transferred to Griffith Middle School, which is in East Los Angeles. And I was there for five years as an assistant principal. Then I took the test for principal and I passed. And I became principal of Lawrence Middle School, which is in Chatsworth. I was the principal for five years at Lawrence. And then I took an assignment at Mount Vernon Middle School, which was in the kind of South Los Angeles, more like mid-city. And I was recruited there because the school was having problems with its testing and morale, and it just wasn't working out well. So I went there, I accepted the challenge, and I stayed there for 10 years. And uh, it was a wonderful experience, it really was. That school is now called Johnny L. Cochran Jr. Middle School. He was a famous uh, civil rights attorney People remember him from the OJ trial, but he has lots of stuff about civil rights. And he went to Mount Vernon. He was a student there. So we named the school after him, Johnny L. Cochran Jr. Middle School. Well, here I was 35 years in LA, five years in Philadelphia. It's time to retire and do something else. It's just time to retire. I mean, I could stay there until I fell apart in the classroom, but no, no, I wanted to try something else. So. Every Sunday, I would watch the school board meetings on uh, channel 58. And uh, I watched these meetings and I saw what was happening in the school district. And I said, I can do a better job than some of those. We all say that I can do a better job than you. I can do a better job, but I really thought I could. And I decided to throw my uh, hat in the ring and apply to be school board member, just to be able to do things that I think needed to be changed or enhanced or made easier for our uh, teachers, for our schools. And that's the reason why I decided to run for the school board. 
That was an amazing response. And actually, I also went to uh, Lawrence Middle School. So. Oh, I wasn't there though, right? Probably Mr. Rosas was there, right? He was principal, Mr. Rosas? I'm actually trying to remember who was principal, but I, I unfortunately- It wasn't don't. me, it wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs> it yeah, it's a great school. It's a great school, you know, before, listen to this, before I got to Lawrence, they had no air conditioning in that school. Could you imagine how hot it was in Chatsworth? So uh, we worked and we got a bond passed and, and we had air conditioning in the school and we started the magnet. There was no magnet either. So that's my claim to frame, the magnet and the air conditioning. <laughs> wow, okay. I was also the magnet program, so thank you for- You're that. welcome. I guess Miss Boone was in charge of the magnet, huh? Miss Boone, or was it, no, Miss Boone, do you remember? I believe it was uh, Miss, oh, I can't even remember names right it's now. Okay. That's okay, that's <laughs> right, okay. Right, so, okay. Sorry, moving on to the next question. Um, now that you've been reelected, has anything changed since your last term? Yes. Um, yeah, you know, we have to keep uh, fighting for funding for our schools. And I, I did it the first term and I'm gonna continue on the second term. I don't know if your students listening and the adults listening, that California is the fifth largest economy in the whole universe. I'm telling you. The largest, the largest economy, of course, United States, followed by China, followed by Japan, followed by Germany, and then California. So California has a bigger economy than the rest of the whole world, and we don't really fund education like we should. I don't know why. I do not know why that people think that education is not that important anymore. Because uh, before I got to California, I was told that we were one of the best funded uh, uh, systems of education in the whole United States, that people were able to go to UCs and, uh, and, uh, and the Cal uh, uh, universities free of charge. So uh, education was starting to happen. And so my fight is still to make sure that we advocate for better funding for our schools. And uh, that has not changed, that has not changed. But uh, what has been different since my last term is schools now have more time. And I think that's important that school and school councils and student councils like you decide what are the best things for our school. You're there, you know. So I'm gonna solicit your advice and your parents' advice about how to make the schools better. So we're moving more and more and more towards autonomy for schools to do better. Okay, so um, now we're going to be uh, moving into some questions about restorative justice, and I'll hand that off to Raha. Sure, sure. Yes, yeah, so first of all, um, how do you suggest teachers approach restorative justice policies? Yeah, that's a very good question. You know, when I uh, was just beginning to enter retirement, restorative justice became uh, prevalent in LAUSD, and kind of shocked that uh, what is this? What do you mean no more suspensions? What do you mean no more tickets for truancy? What do you mean? So restorative justice, when it was rolled out, it was kind of rolled out too fast. And teachers were not even really aware of what their options were with restorative justice. But as we have gotten more and more training in restorative justice, it's an excellent way. It's an excellent way for students to be able to see what they've done that's wrong, how it affected people, and how to make 
make this up to the people that they did wrong without suspensions, without be beating them up. I mean, actually speaking to them, sitting in circles and discussing what actually happened and make them realize, hey, I, I shouldn't have done that. And I want to apologize. So that's to me is what restorative justice is. And a little bit more on that, what you kind of touched on it a little bit, but further, what are the benefits of implementing restorative justice policies in schools? Well, uh, first of all, it reduces the uh, suspension rates right away. You know, um, when I was a teacher and we would say, do you want to get suspended? Yeah, I do want to get suspended. Well, go home, sit in front of the TV, play games and eat. I mean, uh, and you don't have to come to school. And so what was the benefit of that? That is not a punishment. And, and, and suspension really shouldn't be a punishment. It should be a way to make you understand what you did wrong while still learning at school. That's the benefit to me, sitting at home and eating, I'm telling you. <laughs> Hey, thank you so much for all those really insightful responses. Um, so obviously there has been a lot of talk about um, what LAUSD is going to be doing surrounding um, you know, the current COVID-19 pandemic. Right. Um, what would you say to students and teachers currently struggling with online school due to the pandemic? Yeah, it is, it is tough. It's even tough for me to be Zooming constantly, constantly, and I'm, I, I'm an adult, you know, but for students to be Zooming for hours at a time and not being to have that social interaction with their friends, you know, just, just, just bouncing ideas off to the person this way or the person that way, you have nobody to talk to but your screen. And we are doing our best, we are doing our best to do breakout sessions so that um, students can focus with a certain group or a certain problem, but uh, online learning is not the way to go. And we all know that. We all know that it's very, very hard and there's a lot of, of learning loss, but we are constantly, constantly training our teachers for new and more innovative ways to do online learning. But we're gonna be back to school sooner than you think. God willing, but I know it's happening. We are going to go back to school. And um, it, it's just pretty sad. It's, it's very stressful for parents, especially for younger kids when parents can't go to work because their kids are at home and they are like the um, educational aid sitting at home next to their kids to make sure they're on task. There are kids with special needs that are, it's very hard for them to focus on this. And uh, it's difficult, it's difficult. So I always have a webinar series on my Facebook page and we talk about mental health. We talk about ways to talk to your kids. I think we call them words of love. You know, just, just to get people uh, understanding that this is a really, really hard way to learn, but we are making minimal progress. We're not doing well. I'm telling you, there's nothing like face-to-face -face learning, and you guys know that. There's nothing like it. But we are trying with innovative ways, teacher training, uh, extra classes. Over the summer, they had those fun things, the animation stuff from the different uh, Hollywood studios, trying our best just trying our best, but nothing better than being in school. Yeah, and of course, so what, what have you accomplished recently that you're proud of? Oh, goodness. Well, you know, I'm most proud of Marisol Lopez, who is part of my student advisory council. So, you know, um, I think we're the only board member, the board district, uh, board district three who has this. 
it's, um, it's a student from every single high school in my board district three, at least one, sometimes there's two, sometimes there's three from the high schools. Um, that includes, you know, my, my continuation schools, my special schools. We involve all of our uh, 11th and 12th graders in the Student Advisory Council, and we really have learned a lot. Uh, we've had uh, visits from um, the school police department to talk about their role. We had visits from the mental health professionals to talk about their role. We had um, uh, people from cafeteria services where we brought the food and the kids tasted it and, and they, they spoke about how, you know, how it is to, to feed uh, 700,000 people, you know, at lunch and breakfast, and then we have the after-school snacks. So there were topics of interest and the kids asked the students, I shouldn't say kids, the students asked uh, fantastic questions. And the best part of all is I know that they bring this information back to their home school. So they share this information with leadership, with uh, the administrators, with the student councils, so that the, everybody gets the benefit of knowing uh, what you guys learned about how the school district works. Really important, voting rights. We had Alex Padilla come and talk to, you know, I mean, he's a big shot. He can come and talk to our kids and talk about voting and how to pre-register to vote. And it was just wonderful. So that is, I think, that is my golden uh, pride is having the Student Advisory Council uh, for these past, oh goodness, four years. Yeah, this year we have like 50 members in our student council. That's really important to me. You know, I also um, uh, had the special ed committee at the Board of Education and the parent engagement committee. It's important for these people to be able to uh, express their desires or views and let the public hear what they have to say. They're important too, but student advisory council, close to my heart. And speaking of all of your accomplishments and the things that you, the amazing things that you've done recently, what are your main priorities as of now as board member? Okay, well, I'm going to go back to my 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 thought before of making sure that we increase funding for our schools through advocating with our legislators. And you know, uh, all our legislators are in Sacramento, and I, it's not so easy to run over to Sacramento. It's not like across the street and bring all these parents. To, to let them see what we think. My um, local um, legislators, they, they come back home and they have offices in the San Fernando Valley. And so my organization will be, once we're able to get out of the house, is to uh, go to their offices, visit with them or invite them to, to personal meetings to let them know how we feel that um, education should be funded so that we have the best educational system in the United States, which we should, because we certainly have the money to do it. We just don't aim our money towards education. My next important thing is to make sure that we use our schools for vaccination centers. And let me tell you why. Uh, if you've been to a COVID testing site in LAUSD, like I have been, if you've been to the grab and goes in LAUSD, as I have been, you have never seen in your whole life, such organization like we have. With Beyond the Bell people, they are so kind, they are so wonderful, they are so welcoming, and the food delivery service is just faster than you can imagine. And then I also went for the COVID testing center. And in our schools, we have school nurses, 
we have it set up. We have Beyond the Bell directing traffic and, and directing uh, uh, transit. And we have freezers and refrigerators, enormous ones. I don't know if you've ever seen what we have in the cafeteria. Enormous freezers, enormous refrigerators to store this vaccine and to give the injections. So that's a second goal that I have. You know, for right now, that's my first goal, to make sure that we use our schools as vaccination centers. Everybody has a school nearby. Everybody knows their schools. And I think they would feel comfortable that rather than sitting for two hours at Dodger Stadium, you know, walk up to a school in your neighborhood. And that's what I'm aiming for. Uh, before I move on to the next question, I just want to also talk a little bit more about the vaccine, uh, your uh, next uh, project with the vaccines and yeah. having vaccine centers. Uh, I think a lot of people have actually been talking about that. And um, I think it'd be, I think it's a really good idea, actually, just because we already have a lot of uh, adults or those over the age of 18 coming to these schools uh, to vote. And I think it does make the process a lot easier. So I, I really commend you for um, advocating. Thank you. For Thank you. Thank you. Um, so our last question is, what advice would you give to a student who is looking to get more involved in their school district? Well, let's start with LAUSD. You know, I think one of the best things you have done is to meet with a school board member and find out what he or she does and find out what his or her staff does behind the scenes to make this happen. You know, I have a team at Board District 3 uh, I have someone in charge of like, like your, like your Nepo Museno, someone in charge of um, making my videos and my Facebooks and everything else. I have people who work with me on policy. I have uh, people who work with me on instructional issues. Uh, meet with, meet with your local board people, meet with them and, and find out what they do and see what they do. Another recommendation I have, if you have the stamina, is to watch a board meeting. Now, let me say what I mean by stamina. Our last board meeting, this past Tuesday, I started at 9 a.m. and I closed the computer at 8 p.m. So that was an 11 hour board meeting, okay? So uh, the good thing is you can pick and choose. You can sit there and go eat something and come back or whatever you have to do, but watch a board meeting. Watch, watch how it functions and you'll see government uh, you'll learn about Robert's rules. I'm sure you know it from your clubs, Robert's rules of order and making motions and seconding motions. And uh, you'll learn a lot from watching a school board meeting. And I think even the smaller districts now have them televised too. So watch a school board meeting. If you go there in person, when we open up again, it's even better because you can feel the excitement in the air, you know, when you're at a school board meeting, but watch it, watch it. Channel 58, uh, it's on there. Much we appreciate this so much. Just for kind of a little closing statement, we wanted to know what are your opinions on people trying to get more um, involved in activism and advocacy, like what we're doing at Stand Up San Fernando. If you and if you would have any advice to students who want to learn how to better advocate within their communities. Yeah, you know, joining clubs, joining groups uh, is really the way to feel the the ability to energize others who have the same like-minded cause. And I think um, school clubs is the way to start in the beginning. I mean, you, you learn uh, through a school club how you deal with the whole school at, as itself and outside of the school clubs, political organizations, 
really important. You have to, sometimes some people are shy, you know, they just don't like to talk, but you can still be part of the group, build up your self-confidence until you become active in this group or maybe even a leader in this group. But you have to, you have to take the first step and join a club. You have to join an organization that, that you feel represents your way of thinking and what is better for everyone. That's my advice. Well, I guess that sums up. Um, <clears throat> sorry, our first interview, our first episode. Um, again, I want to say thank you so much, Mr. Schmerl Mr. Schmerlson, mm -hmm. apologies um, for being here with us and to really just talk to us about what you do and what you advocate for. Well, I appreciate that. And I hope to see this program on one of the award-winning shows and I'll be the first person. So you've got, you're doing a great job. All of you, thank you. It takes a lot of initiative to do something like this. So thank you so much. It was my pleasure. And call me back again, okay? Call me back again, my pleasure. If you enjoyed this episode, please follow us for more content. Also, be sure to check us out on our Instagram page at Stand Up San Fernando. Thank you for listening. See you again.